Greetings, fellow travelers, and welcome to The Way of the Showman, where we view the world through the lens of showmanship. I am Captain Frodo, and I am, as always, your host and guide along this leg of the journey. Um, we're going uh, straight back into uh, the conversation we had. Uh, we started it uh, last episode, where we talked with Gareth Bjolan. <laughs> In the middle of that one, I realized it's like, wow. When you don't script it and you haven't got a good plan of what it is that you want to say, all of a sudden it ended up going quite dark there. But I still thought that there were some very beautiful moments. And I have been uh, uh, back from Australia for a little while here now, and it's been uh, so lovely to have a bit of time off and to move into my house here. I actually did some real sort of real life stuff now. I've uh, There's a section of my garden which is relatively steep and uh, I've decided to take that hole it's almost like half of the lawn and I'm going to let it go to meadow like I know I don't normally talk about gardening on this uh, uh, podcast but um, I thought this is this is it because I do really love bees and, and I actually own a beehive uh, but uh, out, of, out of the 96 boxes that were sent from Australia to Norway my uh, beehive uh, was not packed and sent so um, I don't have that but part of the idea of uh, rewilding my garden letting it go to meadow so we planted lots of seeds uh, out um, for flowers to grow up that will come go for a few years and if we're lucky it'll all start to self-seed itself and then the bees will go absolutely bananas so I've been doing that and then I've also been uh, um gathering, buying some more books uh, after getting 30 boxes of books from Australia that just wasn't cutting the mustard. So uh, as I'm uh, continuing my writing of the next season, there's a few books that I've gone, all right, this, I, I need this one. And some of these books I actually have available on Scribd, my, one of my uh, library apps that I use. But I, um, I actually um, find that when I'm using the books for writing to be able to underline and flip back and forth in the book really helps my thinking for many years i was a devotee of the digital book but uh, these days i do find it incredibly useful to have the book itself in my hand again i mean that's always been the way and with the 30 cases of books it's clear that i love books so i am um, but i've bought some more books and i am um, continuing to write and I'm still struggling with uh, doing some self-development as an artist but at the moment it's mainly coming out in the form of writing and of conversation so without further ado let's jump back into the conversation with Gareth the other thing I've been thinking of at the because I've been at the circus festival and it's been raining, like we had a couple of big rain events, so everyone like had to deal with that at the same time um, as doing their shows. Yeah. Um, was like, what? what is the spirit of circus? Oh, and interesting, yeah. I've come up with three things uh, over the time I've been here, which I think I'll tell you what I've got, is the show must go on. You can put everyone in the ring. You can put anything in the ring. 
and everyone is welcome. Hmm. And I, I think that encompasses what, because I had a chat to Tim Caldwell, which was great. I asked him what he thought the spirit of circus was. Oh yeah, and he and he said, "Well, you know, I think it's a bit like a, a compost heap. <laughs> you just keep you keep feeding it <laughs> because it's never the same people. Like, and also chats with Danique, the you know Danique who's from yeah. like Russian, yeah." For like, yeah, you know, did Danique, the head to head act uh, with his dad had, and all that? Yeah, yeah, he had a fucking horrible time in circus. Oh, did he? Like, he, he, he hates traditional circus, yeah, but right. he loves this community. Yeah, that's right. Uh, he came in and uh, like in fully into our community. Was that through Scott Maidment? And uh, and no, it was Spaghetti Circus and Leone. Oh, brought him in. The, oh, so that was yeah. before, because I first became aware of him when he was on stage in, uh, which show was that? The show with Skip and all that. Wasn't he in the show with... Uh... Uh, yeah, he was in Limbo, yeah. Limbo, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. Too, right? that, yeah. Was, that was the first time I became aware mm. of him. But yeah, so he, he, he came from traditional circus, and then what did he move to Malum or something? Yeah, his he they helped. They they were refugees. Like Leone and stuff helped get his family residency here. Oh, excellent! He he came from a place where, like, the the tricks were precious, and you would never teach anyone else your tricks. And they were made to train like three times a day. They'd train in the morning at lunchtime. They'd do the show. They'd train after the show, and they and they'd be beaten. If they miss their tricks in the show, hmm. which yeah. is just so yeah. full on compared to the way we, especially the stuff that we're talking about now. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's that's right. We've taken that concept and gone somewhere else. But someone also saying like that's it's an it's an older for like the traditions goes back further. It's passed from person to person. It's almost like a sort of guild structure, but even even less than a guild. It's not even like but you, you you have to be born into it or whatever. There's the other aspect of it that that's often like those families is like it's closer to be like a working class phenomenon, traditional circus as they travel around, whilst yeah. the yeah, people yeah, who find right. their way yeah, yeah. into our kind of community is maybe more of a middle class kind of thing. Or there's all sorts of aspects of that that kind of goes, you, you bring to it a different aspect or whatever. But I think that maybe in certain aspects of traditional circus and this style of teaching. I mean, I was doing this season of shows where somebody was there, they do a hand-to-hand -hand act and both of them were teaching their kids. Um, both the boy, one was teaching a boy and the other one was teaching his daughter. And uh, that's that was very hard to watch how that yeah, happened. Right. The girl cried every time. Wow. From the stretching and the carrying on. And the boy was just a year or so older than Saskia and he didn't cry but as soon as he was allowed to go he ran away outside of the circus to somewhere far away and Jeez. cried somewhere else my god it was so, so full, full on, on. Yeah. so full on going like uh, and then at that, at that same show then then they did the fest then um, at the thing 
the, they put the kids, the, one of the women who were there, who is a brilliant teacher, and she's a jug, dancer in a juggling act and uh, does some juggling in that. And she put together a kind of, uh, ran a thing with all the kids who were at there for five months and do, doing the season, all got together and did the show. And then like Saskia does, um, she, my daughter can do the bendy shoulder things that I have. She has the same anatomy yeah, cool. that I do. So she did a little act yeah. of that. And they did some funny group things and joke things. And then these two kids come, the Ukrainian kids, doing acts. So like both of them with one arms and jumping from one arm to the next and all that. And they're the same age. And the yeah. pain that they've gone through here during those sessions that they rehearse has now given them an occupation. They have an act and a level of skills that if they later on want to find more artistic yeah. um, uh, interests so that they want to do this that or the other this can be their whole life it's like they have that now as a possibility whilst the other kids yeah. who did a bit of stuff and they could throw some bean bags back and forth between them whatever they ultimately this is just something you do uh, to pass the time or whatever so that i i don't know what i think about it but just that yeah. level of it's just two different things. So maybe you could say that they have taken one concept of circus and made it into one thing. And, and I, what I feel like what's happening at the circus festival and why I felt like I was coming home when I came to the first circus festival in 2000, like this community, this is my kind of people. And this is how I want to look at circus. And circus is just like... Yeah any kind of raw diamond you can grind it then into how many facets you want and everything that you want is to be found in that structure and that like it's a whole mythology in there that i'm working out yeah, in yeah. my podcast and everything anyway that was a long rant but yeah i think it's really the, interesting yeah opposites the opposites exist it's a bit like the yin and yang really yeah um, yeah you have that and then and there it is No, it is a competition almost. Like, there you go. Like, can you do the one arm like this? Can you do that? Can you do this? Or for us, and then maybe you and me are also on a certain end of the spectrum too. We do both have skills. I mean, you have probably arguably more physical particular skills than I do with your like, carrying games or foot juggling or whatever you call that and all that. And yeah. so you're like, but but you also have that real strong foundation of showmanship that you kind of need when you when this is what you do for a living because you keep being put yeah, in these situations exactly. where it's just not enough to come yeah. with your five minute worked out juggling act where you don't talk and the music comes on it's like no, ah, would, would no. kill in la soiree or, or would kill in a, in, a, in, a, in a circus where you just come on act after act but the reality of these things like you're talking about the school shows when we spoke last time when you come in and it's nine o'clock in the morning and the kids are just being shoveled in front of you and you gotta yeah you gotta make a whole thing out of it. Uh, that's yeah yeah yeah. That's no, it, a different. It's a very different game. Yeah. Um, being a and I talked about this with a few people as well, like being a being a part of someone else's vision to being to orchestrating your own vision, essentially. Yeah. They are. That's a good. That's a good kind of distinction, where I feel like I have been 
part like I've been always been allowed to do my own thing but it's within the framework of of stuff that other people have done <clears throat> because I yeah. and a big part of that was because of La Soirée one gang of people that I just that I became so close to like Brett Haylock and Chris and all of the other artists yeah. we did that and we did that basically for 12 years and we just kept touring and it kept being fun and it kept being rewarding and yeah, and Clark and Helen and and yeah. Chris and Brett and me and Miranda yeah. all g- uh, got became couples at the same festival. Yeah, so we were had this, wow. and then and uh, then there was kids fun. that were being born, born and all that sort of stuff. So it was like this kind of, uh, and now I'm also like having this thing. We're going okay, maybe maybe in doing these shows here in Norway, I don't know how I'm going to do it or whatever. But now this idea of putting my showmanship shtick into larger bits of work and and presenting solo work again has all of a sudden become a possibility now mm. so it's kind of interesting how we go in and out of those faces as well of you yeah yeah exactly i mean we all love working you want to be surrounded by com- community that's what the circus festival really like i in the circus festival i i, I just think it's the best place in the that's my favorite time in the whole world yeah it's during the circus festival to be it's the safest space you ever feel as a circus performer like to um ironic ironically or paradoxically you can also have the opposite thing as if you have a bad show uh within the circus festival and i did have a couple of shows which didn't go ideally um as well as some absolutely fantastic shows but you kind of feel like you you could almost you can go from feeling like you're on top of the world to like you never want to ever perform again and you might just give up yes yeah. <laughs> but um but uh, even so at the end of it i feel like for me it is my favorite place in the world is the circus festival because yeah you just feel within a community that's that you've all got something to con- contribute and and if it's as rewarding if you really make the effort to go and see everyone's shows and talk to them about their shows, really whether you like them or not, you should still go and talk to them about their shows and be the other part of the equation, which is appreciating the show. Yeah. And it's just as satisfying. It's just as satisfying, I find, to go and, talk to, to another performer about their show and, like, find out what, how they think about it. And everyone loves to talk about themselves like, mm. if you give them the opportunity. And it's and you can contribute something if you have an idea because everyone always wants some help as well with their how they're going. Yeah, and even uh, just by asking questions about it, then somebody gets to talk about themselves, <clears throat> but they also... Yeah. In the asking of the questions, when you're asking questions coming from your own peculiar point of view, then they will have to formulate and relate to you. And sometimes you can learn to understand their work more through that. Or you might learn uh, yeah. that, okay, part of the reason yeah. why you don't like it is because they haven't actually thought it through. And the thing that you looked at like this, yeah. or then you can understand. Or And sometimes you go, yeah. oh, no, this the, the reason why I didn't quite grasp that, it might just like with styles of music a certain type of music yeah. might not m- might not resonate with you 
but uh, you speak to someone about it or whatever, like uh, I can have get get a lot out of classical music, and I like to hear people talk about classical music of like how it's put together. But I also really like bluegrass music. But those two things yeah. are okay, are very far away on the on the spectrum. And then I love to hear yeah. people talk about the music as well. Because I find the yeah. more you do that, the more points of contact I can get mm. with it and the more chance it is that it's going to resonate with something in me. And then I go, well, it is not what I am going to do. But the whole point of doing circus is that we aren't supposed to do the same thing. We get presented under the same canvas and we all do what we love yeah. the most. And the sum of that is is the good time of or is like is the, is the best of what life has to offer or whatever yeah yeah absolutely so that i find it's the fact that everyone is doing their individual best and they're within a certain style of each other whether they're following that certain style or they're not following that style that i think all of that belongs under the big under the same big top and which is at least in theory why we should manage to avoid being in direct competition with each other but i know like in Usually, though, it's usually only at the festival. Yeah, yeah. You might see a few of the same things, but really, it's all it is. It's pretty rare to see the exact same act. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Even if it's the same skill, it's kind of cool to see. Um, That's right. You know, it is. Yeah. See it come up with a maybe not in the same show or whatever, unless that's the point. Yeah, yeah, like it's, it's a to do like, show. Yeah, just a cigar box, twenty different, ten different cigar box acts. Yeah, yeah, no, but that, Might but cool. it's true. I often people often don't put me in the same show as another contortionist, but the truth in most cases is that, like at least if it's kind of classic contortion, unless they're also doing a tennis racket act, but even then, yep. and I know that from my cocky confidence in myself i know that my act if you put me together with another dude that went through the tennis racket yeah, yeah. most of the time i would still come out ahead because my act is a, a racket so that's the theme of it or whatever the, yeah. the red thread but there is a bunch of other stuff too so there's a spoken comedy yeah. medic thing and it's a slapstick thing going at the same time as well peppered with the mm. recurring running gag of, of confetti and through that you end yeah. up with um with uh with an act that can be put in the show even when somebody else has already done some of it yeah because it's yeah complex enough in itself i don't know yeah it's very uh, you don't normally normally do that but at the same time there is certainly something to be said for it. I've worked in shows. I worked together with a girl called Elaine Kramer in Vegas for a good long time, and she does contortion, like backbends and incredible stuff. And she does that thing where you put, have a little, little stand, and you put your mouth on it, and you put your bum over your head, and you balance with that thing in your mouth. It's so extreme. Yeah. These contortion yeah. things, and she is so full on. I'm like, oh man, if I had that amount of skills, I managed to get 12 minutes out of being able to bend my leg and my arm and yeah. a bit <laughs> so like if i had that kind of skills i'd have like six hours of material <laughs> yeah and she's just giving it out like that <laughs> no it's the bloody 
It's only one part of it. The skills are only. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not what circus is. It's a part of circus for mm-hmm. sure, but I think, you know, you can actually put anything in the ring. Yeah, I think so too. And I think that's like where I go. I talked a little bit with this guy because he's a very funny guy and he does he does a bit of manipulation. The guy that I spoke to, Harvey Cobb, his name is very funny acting. He mainly does a sort of act where he juggles uh, rubber boots and it's uh, like doesn't just juggle it in a normal style, but all sorts of manipulation and all sorts of stuff. It's very clever and very funny. Just finished Kodats yeah. in Rotterdam, and I sort of was like, you. The fact that you're coming out of there now when so much of it is acrobatics and so much of it is in that, like, they are, a, yeah, mm. that kind of world. And then to see somebody who is funny, works with text, works with failure in interesting ways, works with yes. juggling, like, manipulation, I guess. It's like object manipulation or whatever. So he's got this surprisingly uh, impressive act with rubber boots. And, and I, okay, you mean gum boots? Gum boots, yeah. Right. Gum boots. And he juggles yeah. them. Pink ones, yeah. Uh, juggles and manipulates, and every, oh, yeah. all kinds of stuff, and all kinds of patterns, and all sorts of stuff, and dances with them, and how, like it's very cool. But yeah, right. I'm like going. It's so great that someone like you is also coming out of this school now, exactly for that, because like it's um, Mike Finch. I've asked that a few times. Like, going, where are the clowns yeah. now in the? current iteration of contemporary circus in australia yeah. or in a lot of the world there is no room for the clown and i add to that this thing that came from a circus book some old british circus book that just had this bold proclamation that the soul the, the clown is the soul of the circus and i fully believe that to be the case because the clown he or she is the one that truly emotionally goes out and grabs the audience. It's the one that the children look forward to seeing again. It's the thing that is so yeah. human. It's the most human aspect of it, not a Russian-style acrobats mm. that have almost yeah, nothing yeah. to do with you because it's so far away from your experience of your embodied experience of the world. It's so different. But yeah. the clown, anyone can can uh, can um, connect to or, or something. Yeah. And where is the no, power in today's right. thing? And that's why I was good that he is. He's coming out now. You're in the domain that we are at, but you're working in amongst all these other contemporary circus acts. Yeah, yeah. Now I'm going to I'm going to add that in. I think to my four things that are the spirit of the circus. It has to be the clown because the clown always accepts and laughs. At, a clown encompasses all those comedy things essentially. Yeah, um, which just help you get through life. I. I find like those that aspect of comedy being a survival tool. Yeah. <laughs> as well. Uh, that's what goes in. That's it kind of helps with the show must go on. Yeah. Cause it's the attitude of the clown. You keep getting mm. the pie in the face. Or you do in the in, in, in a sense, he does his best and it doesn't work. And somehow when everybody laughs, he is really happy that people are having a good time. Even though he, in, sen- in a sense, they're laughing at him or whatever. Like that, that level of gameplay where he comes out and he's like inviting you to play with him and really 
it's this concept. There's this guy called Cass. Can't remember his first name, John, maybe. He talks about, he says, there are at least, but certainly, two different kinds of games in the world. There's the finite games and there's the infinite games. And in the finite game, the, the, the aim is to win. You're in the game to win. And we know that you won when all the people in the game now have uh, decide that you have won. And that's often done yeah. by rules or whatever. But an infinite game, in the infinite game, the goal is not to win. The, game, the, 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 the aim is to continue to play. So when a child yeah. is playing with Lego or whatever, and if one kid continuously wins the argument and gets their way, they might be winning that day's game of getting all the right pieces and the other kids uh, don't get it. But the result might be that that kid is not invited the next time because there he creates a bad energy in the playing room. So he won the... This is a bit tenuous example because I'm just making it up maybe, but like, yeah. he won the small finite games in there, but he lost his ability to stay within the infinite game of always being called when games are to be had or fun is to be had. And that's the infinite game. And the clown to me is yeah. like this person who goes, he doesn't play to win in this act or whatever. He's just like, yeah. well, as long as everybody's happy and the music is happy, then everybody is a winner. And this is just great. We're having a good time. Yes, we're having a good time. That means we can continue to have good times. And if we, yeah. then everyone's a winner. Like it's, there's something in that. Play I think. to play. You play to play. You play to play. Exactly. And there is no other way, actually. Like when you look at the definitions of play, like you can't be forced to play. You can't be forced to play a yeah. game because you, then I can be in the game. Like I can be forced to be in a game with my daughter where I'm holding some little stuffed rabbit and I'm making some voice, but it is virtually impossible for me to get into a flow state playing and just yeah. fully exploring this puppet and what they do and whatever. It becomes a performative thing or a like I'm just there as a sounding board for her to play and I'm jiggling the thing. So... Yeah. It's yeah. like you can't be forced to play. The play is something that you need to do voluntarily. Uh, and I guess that goes for all kinds of games, infinite and uh, finite games. But you need to take them seriously. Like the game is serious. It's not the, you think that yeah. the game yeah, is yeah. not serious. Yeah, yeah, it's much more fun it's, it's a, yeah, there's a weird... Yeah, there's a, but you think that it, it like it's playful, and playful is a thing. But but when you play in a game, when you when you when you're playing, the reality of the game can't be questioned. And <clears throat> I mean, it's easy to understand when you go when somebody gets really worked up and really tries super hard to uh, get some points in cricket, and then somebody just goes, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! Remember, guys, it's just a game. Let's just chill out. Let's just uh, have a little rest for a moment in the middle of the game. It just doesn't work. Like that, it's nah. inappropriate behavior in this game, and you yeah. will not be invited back. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Because it isn't yeah. just a game. It is just a game, but the game is actually serious. You think you it's not. You play by the rules, yeah. Yeah, you're playing by the rules, and you acknowledge that the, like, you have to take the game seriously. 
So you mm. can't break yeah, out of the I, game. I, I, won, I won 24. I won, actually, I won like 40 something dollars off Bo Dudding playing backgammon at the festival. Oh, wow. <laughs> It was. I did really well, but uh, um, then I sent in my bank details today <laughs> <laughs> because because I was like, yeah, come on, we're, we're playing for money. We made an agreement, and it's fair enough. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> it makes it more fun in the long run when we come back to play again. Oh, it'll be fun. It, oh, but it is also, it is so, money is skin in the game, you know? If you're just yeah. dabbling in this thing, then you could at any time just say, ah, it's just, it's just Scrabble, let's, no, no, I mean, no, I mean, uh, backgammon, it's just backgammon, let's not worry about it. But when there's real money in there, I had the same thing ah. the other day, went to a party and somebody had made this sort of, ring hook game it's like a bar game and it's like a little tea thing with a little metal ring and a hook on the tea thing so you swing the ring and it's going oh, to yeah. swing up and then hook back on and it was like made like an absinthe uh, game so there was a glass uh, uh, that was just had a hole it's like a sequence of seven holes or whatever and it was standing in the center yeah. hole and then there was two bottles, small bottles of absinthe on it. It was a present for the guy whose birthday it was. And then when you sw each time you swung and hooked the ring and I got it, then I could move the shot glass one step closer to the other person. And if you uh, lost three in a row then, then you had to take a shot of absinthe, which very quickly gets very serious. And I had already had two shots of absinthe in that thing when I realized that that was and I was standing there playing it because I'm a carny in a party and I was like oh look at this thing this is great this game is cool yeah. and then somebody came yeah. in and going all right the game is on and all of a sudden I was like oh I don't want another drink and then I really had to play hard because uh, uh, I didn't want to yeah. have a third shot of absinthe and uh, then there was you win this game and I just had to take it so seriously and, and really like Try to get through the fog of alcohol and <laughs> try to get this <laughs> ring to swing and to to <laughs> mimic when it worked and go, what is it that's working? And like a true carny, I did manage to win because this person was just a normal townie with them, not used to these kinds of <laughs> games, I guess. <laughs> so he had to have yeah. a shot of absinthe and then we could be all be happy. But yeah. Very good. That's pretty good. Yeah. So it's like um, just to sort of go back and finish up that thing. You have that because you have the six um, six circles in the center ring, and that they're all like connected. Like they they're not all fully connected. But that's just also because it's like the to me that fits partly because it's always comedy is a whole, and any kind of subdivision yeah. or any kind of cutting it into parts will always be artificial. Like, yeah, it's always, yeah. it's, it's an organic growing interconnected web of things that make us laugh. But by making them into yeah. categories where we are, we're aware that that is um, artificial, but it still yeah. helps us to understand what it is that's going on because it, it, yeah. it's not, it doesn't, it, it appears to be infinite, but there are patterns in it that are repeated, mm. I guess. Yeah, that's right. And I think 
they they constantly need subverting and prodding to continue to be funny. Like once you've the joke, if it's it's different when you're on stage to in in socials circumstances because I've also been like applying trying to when I hear what something's funny in a social circumstance thinking about which one of these it is yeah and they do overlap a lot but you get more in jokes in social circumstances but an in joke can be created in a performance and it works wonderfully like that's the callback gag essentially yeah 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 um it works so so well but they um Yeah, they 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 do need to be. Once you've made the joke, you subvert it again. Like it's a constant mutation. Yeah, I think to go further and further into the world can get funnier and funnier. Which I think I I try and define like just is this so I was really trying to think like what is this the overall concept of like continuing a theme or rapid escalation i think i called it when i last talked to you yeah or um like applying one concept and then over applying it to a bunch of things and i think that's just story and irony all those things are just yeah that's just the story of it like you just continue it um, and and link it up how you can link it up which makes the most sense and the like I mean all, all these categories they'll all have to be divided down into probably another another three or four categories or, and it could go even further yeah. but I think that yeah we mentioned I, this last time too it's like it's always valuable to try to boil things down but does me with this yeah showman yeah, yeah. audience map, map show and yeah. attention how I now end up with 400 Pages, yeah, four hundred, or just one word, <laughs> or just or just those four words drawn yeah. in a diagram of with one in the in the center of the other three forming a triangle, and then there you go. Then yeah, it's like this is yeah. this is basically all I have to say. <clears throat> but since some of what is implied in these four words might be a little bit hard to do, I'm now going to read this 400-page book to to try yeah. to explain what these four words mean. Yeah. So then those four words aren't so valuable anymore. I think we talk, said talked about that as well last time. So it's always that sweet spot between finding... But always when you start this process to kind of go, oh, okay, what is the core of it? What is the core of it? And you can always ask that and you can find lower common denominators or whatever and yeah. not in a negative yeah, yeah. way but like things that combine them together because everything is different from everything else but there are also they're also overlapping and it's sometimes it can be really illuminating uh, to to just see those uh, similarities yeah 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 no it's good and it helps you sir it helps i think in in uh, not so much in the moment. I mean, it can help in the moment, but it mostly helps in analysing and and problem solving. And yeah, um, so creation is is where I and, feel and like creation. It's... Like you know, make sure you're not eating too many brassicas or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, I think that's 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 to me where 
like creation rehearsal where you are pulling an act into existence, you know, where there is nothing and you have some skills and you're putting it together and then you make and then you and then you start start to do something and in the in the process of making that act come out, sometimes by having a good overview of what acts should have or like I always look at it like an like an organism or whatever, then you you just find this. I find that that spectrum, uh, uh, this way of looking at it, means that when the act comes out, it often has much more than just one idea. It's always kind of um, anchored in several different things at the same time. So even and that's part of it. it also comes from when I first started doing shows. Then you could just do have an have an idea, and I just do it in my street show in about the middle or whatever. Just try it out, and if it didn't work, yeah. well, all right. Just did it, and then I did it twenty shows, and then it started to be all right. And turns out it was, yeah, just, yeah. A, it was just a quick gag; it wasn't a whole act or whatever. Yeah. But now, uh, the kind of environment that I'm playing in now, having played soiree for so long, couldn't deviate. Always had to do the same stuff. And now I'm often booked to come in, and you don't have an often <clears throat> when you're a hired act at an event or something. Uh, then you don't have an audience that really are willing to push far into shows. Yeah. They just want entertainment. They just want it to be a good time. And they, so that puts certain limitations on. Um, yeah. Yeah. On what yeah you that's when do. you want your time, your time, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Bang it out. Yeah. So it's anyway, well, all this is very interesting and it's making me mm-hmm. miss the, Circus Festival and the fact that I didn't get to be part of this one, which felt like, ah, this would have been an important one to to do. I remember loving those, having those forums or whatever it was at the Circus Festival before where you sort of get together and you talk. And in, in, in those early days, it was particularly with Reg. Reg Bolton would talk about some things. Yeah. And, but at that time, I found I didn't have my own... Uh, system or way of thinking about things so the problem with that which i think still is a problem when circus people coming out of circus schools are just coming into it it's just like if you don't have a worldview or a system or a or a way to understand the world or you don't quite understand what circus is or what uh, like what are the components of it or whatever uh I find it's easy just to go, here's one thing, and here's another thing, and here's a third thing, and I don't quite know what is common about them or whatever. So, And then we have, I feel that there's sort of fragmentation, but the way that I have, that I look at things now, they always seem to fit into it because I have thought so much about it. So it's in moments like this that I would have loved to be able to talk to someone like Reg. Who has also yeah, heard yeah. so much about circus? Yeah, yeah. And Red should have a whole different take on it. I mean, there wasn't actually. It was probably the only thing missing from this festival is there were no little forumy talky things. Actually, there yeah. was a couple of things about the, but they were very industry based and not very creative, really. But at Fatso's, we've had a bit of those type right. of things. Where like at the end of the training week in the bar, there's like a little. Um, Almost like an interview with people on their stuff. Uh, I think that's a, it's a good uh, it's a good thing. Uh, I mean, 
I know that a bunch of festivals and a bunch of, um, you know, some of the podcasts I do that are more sort of geeky, they go to these comic cons and those kinds of convention things or whatever. And a lot of those are like yeah. recording at those places because there are people who have yeah. a certain market uh, or whatever, what they talk about. And then this just is inviting that conversation. And even if there's only like five people who know what's the what's going on what the line of questioning that's been pursued at one particular podcast or another it does yeah. introduce it's like this uh, it can be questions from the audience and then there's the questions from the the people having a conversation about these things because i love being in these conversations and i'm seeking them out to be in and also to listen to yeah 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 for sure yeah you should come to WA as well, you because if you haven't been to WA, I haven't. No, it's a shame. It's so good. It's like it's it's more it's pretty well rehearsed now, like the actual festival part of it. So it it almost leaves more room for cool stuff to happen. (laughs) Yeah, great. Yeah, we should make that happen now. Soon. Yeah. Yeah. I've I've got to go to bed now though, Friday. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, no, it's been a pleasure talking to you. One one a, one a.m. <laughs> one a.m. Oh, having a late one. It's four o'clock here now, in the daytime. Four in the daytime. Oh, that's pretty yeah. cool. Nice yeah. time. It's a good mm. time. Yeah. And my daughter has yeah. gone home with a friend from school, yeah. and and I'm uh, right. waiting for my wife to come home, and I'm. Uh, was just uh, doing some writing. I did some bunch of writing yesterday, and now I'm officially up to the end of the section of like the whole kind of project, and I'm just wrapping it up and gonna connect this up to play and human connection. And once I've done that, then <laughs> then the work of separating this into two books now, which is going to be kind of fun to strip out all the stuff and go. Okay, this is a whole separate text. So, it's, are you um, gonna release them as books as well? Yes, I am. I am, <clears throat> and it's this is like because currently all of that stuff makes sense in the way that I have said it, uh, told it on on the podcast. These thirty episodes yes. has been that. Uh, yeah, that's been that book. But I go into like where does inspiration come from? Why? Do, so I go into stuff which is not related to the for to the what showmanship is. It relates yeah, to what it is like theory, to be an yeah. artist in the world. So I separate all of those things out and the inner and outer experience of what it is to be a showman and blah, blah, blah. Take all of that stuff and put it into a separate text and then it becomes clearer. So that becomes, all of that stuff becomes book number two. The first brings up what is showmanship and then you set up this attention and showman and audience and then, and the show. And then you can continue on to look at, okay, more on a practical level on Yep. How do you become a showman and all that? And then even more, like actual practical showmanship. What are exercises to that could expand your thing? Because yeah. I already took out 20,000 words of the book, which was just practical applications of this, which might be another text or whatever. So this whole thinking will probably end up. And I'm now also, I've just started the writing the synopsis and all this of the next season, meaning the next project to take in and that is i don't know if i said that last time but that's a it's kind of called making meaning about creating meaningful performances and what meaning is and all of that and and that that was what i wanted to do next but that starts in 
this thing that I've talked about a lot on my blog from before my daughter was born. So it's like 10, 11 years ago of yeah. from shaman to showman. So there'll probably be yeah. that first where I'm looking at when you go really deeply into it and play. And because I read this interesting book on evolution, uh, it's called uh, Religion and in human evolution it's a book i read a long time ago but there he puts play as the central pillar that you need to allow for the religious experience and all this which is where shamanism and stuff comes in as the earliest sort yeah. of point of religion and so this is where we'll go next first and like going deeper into where the, so now look at what is it as a phenomenon and then go where did this come from in terms of the human experience and then those are the the lines of of inquiry that the shaman has in both the spiritual and in kind of healing and in uh, yeah. also in entertainment that those are three different aspects but they're still all just artificially divided up they're all just part of human interest or human experience or human nature so if we start there then you can also see the aspects that might be lacking at this time and possibly why we have a tendency for people to be prone to depression and stuff uh here so yeah, anyway yeah. that's my yeah. next that's my next big uh, uh venture and in the meantime while i'm writing that and all of that i want to release these conversations and because i also see that whenever i do release a conversation they do have in general a bit more hits just it's not right. like crazy amounts but there are just a few people who are interested or choose that episode instead. People like conversations uh, because it's yeah. a lighter way to take in dense stuff. But it's also people yeah, like conversations yeah. because now it's like all of the fans of uh, of the pits will now choose this particular episode <laughs> to listen all, to. All of those fans. Yeah. So then they will that that'll add its own thing. But I see that it's like I had uh, an episode with. Uh, yeah, anyway, to see that it's just in general, there's just that a little boost on all of those where even if it is just that they shared it on their social media and then people who would listen to it because of that or whatever, that it, it hits into another circle or whatever. So anyway, I wanted to do some conversations uh, to sort of loosen up a little bit because I think I have delved so deep into it to like mm. the episodes get a bit dense. So I think the change yeah, in yeah. this format is good. No, it's always nice to have a chat. Yeah. Oh, here a chat. Good stuff. Everyone loves it. All right, man. Have a good sleep. What a pleasure it was to talk Thanks, to you again. Brodo. Nice to talk to you. Uh, talk and, to you too uh, yeah, soon. Yeah, we'll talk again soon. Excellent. All right, man. Bye for now. Ah, it's always so good to talk to uh, Gareth. Um, it's great to just that uh, to know that there are other people out there who who think very much like me when it comes to these things, who like to ask these big questions and uh, think about what we do in broader perspective. So it's like, what is, what, is, what is the spirit of circus? The fact that he grabbed onto this thing and tried to define it, I, I just love that so much. Great talking points and great in putting ourselves into a greater context. And now... Um, doing a really smooth transition into reminding you to put this show into a greater context in whichever way you can oh, why not uh, get a t-shirt that says the way of the showman and then when you're walking along maybe walking your dog or maybe you're walking in the park or maybe you're at a party and somebody looks at it and they say wow 
what is that? And then you can say, this is the way. Anyway, um, it's been a pleasure, as always. I have been Captain Frodo, and you have been amazing. And until next time, take care of yourself, most your love, and I hope to see you along the way. Thank you.